listening to The Debriefing with Jake and Cora. Thank you so much for joining us. Come along for the ride with Jake and I as we debrief life at Boyce College. Welcome back to another episode of The Debriefing. Yeah, thank you for joining us. We have a great guest lined up today as we're going to discuss the topic of spiritual disciplines and how those influence and affect your walk walk of faith and years in college. So we're definitely looking forward to that. Hopefully everyone had a great spirit week and it was a great week to bond with your hall and to just participate in fun events put on by student life and it was, yeah, it was great. And hopefully this past weekend you got some time to catch up on some rest, get some good sleep and that you now feel rejuvenated for another week. Um, I know some people have got midterms this week, so. Yeah, it is the halfway point. We will be passing that of being in school. I think the official halfway point is reading days, mm-hmm. but as school-wise goes, we're halfway through, which is awesome. Yeah. Well, like Jake said, we have a very exciting conversation lined up for you guys to hear today. Um, we had the privilege of having one of our dear friends on the podcast talking about the topic of personal spiritual disciplines. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and jump into the news. Monday, there is dorm meeting, and the winner of Spirit Week will be announced at the beginning of that meeting. Yes, and then on Tuesday, we have chapel, and our very own Dustin Bruce, the Dean of Boyce College, will be preaching our chapel message for this Tuesday, so you won't want to miss that. Dr. Bruce's sermons are always really great. Yeah, and on Thursday, Greg Wills will be leading chapel and giving the sermon for that day. Also on Thursday, Boyce College's soccer team uh, has a game against Grace Christian in Tennessee. And the volleyball team is also playing against Appalachian Bible College in West Virginia and Pikeville. And those are both away games. Also on Thursday, we have open dorms the girls are hosting, so that'll be a sweet time of fellowship with your hall. And wrapping up the day on that same day, the Boaz Society is having a Shark Tank movie night. Moving on to Friday, the Jenkins Center is hosting an event titled Reaching Your Muslim Neighbor with the Gospel. That'll be a really great event and hopefully very practical as well. And on Friday, the volleyball team has a game against Frontier Community College and that is an away game. Saturday, the boys soccer team has a game against Pensacola Christian and that game is going to be in Tennessee. Also, coming up in October is Coffee House and the event is on October 27th, but another important date is October 20th, which is when all the arts, arts submissions are due by. Yes, so any of you who are artistic, and this can be either photography, painting, sketching, poetry, um, sculpting, fiber crafts, I've yet to see anybody do like culinary art submission, but I'd love to see that happen if someone wants to like decorate a cake and submit it, that'd probably be pretty cool. Um, so all of you who are artistic, go ahead and submit your entries. So today we have a conversation with James Fortin, and he's going to be talking about spiritual disciplines and 
how those influence life at college and are crucial to walking in relationship with God and also in encouraging others. And it's definitely a conversation that points us to Christ and to who he is and growing our faith. Mm-hmm. Definitely is an analogy of making sure that in our walks with the Lord to be filled up with Christ before we grow and to point to outflow to the world and just the importance of walking with our creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that during that conversation, as we were even talking with him, Jake and I both were really encouraged by the things that he had to say. So we're hopeful that he will also be encouraged. Um, he gives some good, helpful encouragement and also some practical advice on what it looks like to be faithful in your spiritual disciplines. Yeah, so let's jump into that conversation. Well, welcome, James, to the podcast. We're excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much for taking time to come talk to us about personal spiritual disciplines. Thanks, I'm really excited. Yeah, so if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to boys, maybe a little bit of your testimony and just stuff like that. We'd love to get to know you better through hearing that. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know exactly when I was saved, but I do remember one specific time. Um, my mom always spanked us uh, when we were bad. And um, there was one particular time when she was a little too lazy and she decided, uh, you know, I'm not gonna spank them, I'm gonna send them to their room. My brother and I were fighting. and. I remember both of us were like getting sent to our room. What is this? And um, I'd grown up always knowing the gospel. I knew that Jesus had died on the cross for my sins. Um, but I don't think that ever become a reality in my heart where I was willing to submit to the Lord mm-hmm. and uh, actually follow him in obedience. So I remember um, just kind of, for some reason, I guess it was the Holy Spirit working in my heart, being distraught uh, over my sin and um, calling out to the Lord in my room and um, telling Him that I wanted to obey Him. And I think that's when my knowledge of what Christ had done for me on the cross met with with obedience to Him. Like Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And I believed the gospel, but I never confessed Him as my Lord. And I think that's that's when I was saved because um, right after that um, I had this immediate conviction of like okay if you're going to follow the Lord you need to get baptized and so I went to my dad that day and um, I was like I need to get baptized like I need to do this and um, I think that's when I was saved I'm not really sure but I think it's safe to say that um, I was 17 when I came to Boyce um, I graduated high school early and um I remember not distinctly not wanting to be here. I I came and I hated it um, because I I missed my friends back home. And uh, but for some reason I think I just knew the Lord wanted me here, so I stayed. And after two or three weeks, I fell in love with it. And um, two years later, I met Cora, and then the year after that, I met Jake. So yeah. that's awesome. It's cool to see the thread of God in your testimony and bringing you two boys and the sovereignty of him in that in, in that way. Yeah, it's been really remarkable to watch to watch his hand over the last four years um, just orchestrate situations and brings people into my life right when I need them. Um, I'm paying for school. There was one semester where I um, went to church 
and um, some lady came up to me and she said, the Lord told me to give this to you. And she handed me a check for $200. Mm. And so I was like, oh, crazy, wow, okay. So I, I, um, I put it in my account and then I went back home for the break and the, the payment went through uh, for this semester. And I looked at my bank account and exactly $200 left in my account. Mm-hmm. And um, just little things like that over the last four years, like watching the Lord's hand um, with me as, uh, as I've gone through school. So today we're talking a little bit about personal spiritual disciplines. How would you explain what personal spiritual disciplines are? Um, like as a broad category, what would you say that that looks like? Yeah, that's a good question. My my first response would, would be that, did you say personal spiritual disciplines? Mm-hmm. Um, my first response would be that personal spiritual disciplines would be um, as you look at God's word, what does God's word say about how you relate to him and how you relate to the church and then other people outside of you. So I think that personal and spiritual disciplines could range from getting up in the morning and spending time reading his word and praying um, to evangelizing to random people in the airport or on the street. Yeah. That's great, James, and a great broad category and definition for what spiritual disciplines is. Kind of digging deeper a little bit, what are some examples of spiritual disciplines that you have seen in your life and the lives of others around you? And kind of examples, like you said, that point you and help you relate to God. Mm. Yeah, I think some of the biggest examples of spiritual disciplines that I've seen have been the people that I've had around me. Um, I remember waking up as a kid and almost every morning seeing my dad sitting at the foot of the steps um, praying. And I knew he was praying all the time. Um, I would see him, he would go out into the woods for just a really long time and just and just pray. I remember that leaving a huge impact on me. So prayer would be one of them, personal time. Um, a lot of people say, oh, I pray throughout the day. Um, but I think an extremely important spiritual discipline would be setting aside a specific amount of time to intentionally spend mm-hmm. praying. Um, and I would say the same thing for God's Word. Um, uh, the Psalm 119 says, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Um, and then Jesus says in, in John, he says, Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And so um, I would say that those are the two um, things that come to mind immediately um, would be spending time, intentional time, alone, specifically devoted to reading God's Word and processing God's Word through prayer. As you read, things will come to mind, stopping and praying through those things. Mm-hmm. But those are, I think those are the things that most people neglect that they need to start doing before they move on to, to other things. Mm-hmm. And I love how you brought in prayer and the importance of that in the Believer's Walk. It's just something specifically for me that's just been really, just been really like important in the semester of school, and just really that realizing that prayer is a conversation and it's not just a list of what I want, but it's just like I can pour out my heart to God and He's right there wanting to listen, and also like He is there to reply through His Word and to reply with His presence, and it's not just a one-way conversation, but like when I talk to Him. He's right there listening, and yeah. you, his presence is felt through his word. 
one of the one of the things that's been most helpful for me is um, like if I I'll pick a song and I'll read through it and Dr. Whitney actually talks about this in, in I think it's called Praying the Bible it's a really good book um, but as you read it you're, you're, you read and you're like okay uh, preserve me O God for you and take refuge and you know maybe something will come to your mind like um, I have a friend who's uh, he actually just got out of prison but he was in prison um, recently um, wonderful believer loves the Lord so much and you know he would pop into my head um, or one of you guys would pop in my head or or um, some random situation would pop in my head and be like okay Lord like be with that person and then mm-hmm. I would once things of mm-hmm. nothing else comes in my mind I'll move on mm-hmm. um, and, and that way like you said it's like it's almost mm-hmm. like God's word is informing what, what I'm praying what's coming to my mind sometimes it's not even about the passage um, most of the time it is but uh, I found that to be really helpful. I know that Jake and I have both benefited from and been encouraged by you praying for us and even just like the little texts mm-hmm. we'll get from time to time of like, I was praying for you with XYZ situation. What are practical ways that you've implemented, whether that's like you just mentioned praying through a psalm and certain situations come to mind, but when you're talking about your dad praying, you talked about like setting aside devoted time to like I'm going to set aside this time and I'm going to pray. How have you disciplined yourself to think through like, okay, these are the requests of people in my church, in my small group, in my community at school. How have you thought about taking their burdens before the Lord as well as your own? Yeah, one thing about myself, and hopefully it's not just me, I'm very like inward focused. I'm very turned in on myself. So uh, it takes a lot of work sometimes, not sometimes, all the time for me to go from being turned inward to being turned outward towards other people um, so my prayer life looks different in every season that I'm in um, you know it's it recently it's been a harder season so most of my prayers have been centered around myself mm-hmm. and there are times when I have to, to make effort to to stop thinking about myself and praying about myself mm-hmm. and and turn out to pray for other people. So sometimes I have a list. It's helpful to go through. Um, sometimes, honestly, the Lord will just bring people to mind or I'll be like, Lord, um, like, okay, who should I be praying for right now? And when you do that, it's amazing how things just start coming into your head. You're like, okay, okay well, like, there's a lot of people I can pray for um, who are going through hard things. Um, one thing I've done in the past, I don't do it that much, but is like when I'm walking around campus, if I pass somebody they don't know, I'll start praying for that person. Um, and... And then when I see someone else, I'll stop praying for them and pray for the, this new person that I just passed. I've done that before, um, but it's always different. Um, I think I think the biggest thing would be to intentionally just say, "Okay, Lord, let me help me to stop focusing on what I'm going through and to focus on what other people are going through. Like bring people to mind, and He'll do it. He'll bring people to your mind um, who who need who need prayer. And the timing that God brings those people to mind is so cool just an example earlier this week it was like a really hard like hour of my life it was just hard and i looked down and my grandfather texted me he was like i'm praying for you and it's just cool to see god bringing those people to pray and just like cora said we've both been encouraged by your text to us just like i'm praying for you and they normally come when they're most needed yeah kind of for like turning the conversation a little bit if there was a new believer right here in front of you how would you explain what spiritual disciplines are to them or 
just relate that into them to a way that would encourage them and uplift them to start their own spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Maybe going from someone who just came to faith and wants to pursue knowing Christ through that, but isn't quite sure how to start, where to go. Yeah. I, would, I think the first thing I would want to emphasize is that God is more concerned about the quality of the time that you spend with him than the amount of time that you spend with him. I remember, um, I remember processing with my dad when I was younger, being like, Dad, like, I just like, I, I don't have that much time. Like, I didn't spend as much time as I wanted. And he's like, James, God would rather you spend five minutes of earnest, heartfelt prayer with him than an hour where your heart's just kind of disengaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the things that people get tripped up on is that they feel like they have to have this this long amount of time. Um, and while I think that it is right to, to have long amounts of time where you're spending time in His Word and praying, um, I think it's also, you need, a, a newer believer would need to recognize that, like, the Lord understands that you have, like, something due at, like, 11.59 and you have to get up at 5 a.m. for something. Like, He understands. Um, I think that would be the first thing that I would say is, like, realize that it's okay. The Father's not looking down at you and saying, why didn't you spend X amount of time in, 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 in the Bible today? Um, he's looking down and he, he wants, it was the same Isaiah, like, um, I don't care about your sacrifices and, and your offerings. Uh, in the same way, the Lord's like, I don't care about the amount of time that you spend with me. I want your heart. I want your heart to be engaged and to be thankful, um, pouring out what you're going through and then, then and processing those things through what I have done in my faithfulness to you through, through my son um, and to the people that I put in your life. I think that would be the first thing is that God's more concerned about the quality of the time that you spend with him than the amount of time that you spend with him. Um, I think the other thing would be to recognize that you don't necessarily have to do it at a specific time. Um, some people feel like you have to do it in the morning, you have to do it at night, and if you don't do it at those certain times, or if you're not consistent in the time that you do it, that something's wrong or you're off. I remember there was a time when I would like judge people for like doing their devotions at night, and like that's that's dumb. Um, but I would say that it is important to make sure that it happens because God's word is is like food. Uh, I was I heard someone talking about this the other day, but like. You can go and you can miss a meal and be fine. But if you go and you miss two meals, you start to get a little hungry. And then if you miss three, you're like, okay, like something is off. And then if you go a day or two, you know, after a while, you're going to die. And so you have to be feeding yourself constantly. You can't go. I would say you should never go more than a day without at least having some time devoted to praying and being in God's Word. Obviously, there's circumstances that might prevent you from having, like, well-focused time. Um, but I think another important thing I would say to an unbeliever would be to schedule it. Like, when you meet up with a friend for coffee, you say, hey, when are you free? And you're like, ah, uh, 2 o'clock. And you're like, okay, we'll say 2 o'clock. And then you go and you show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that same thing would be with with the Lord in the time that you spend with Him. Just say, okay, um, I'm free at this time. I'm going to show up and I'm going to, to, to read his word and pray and do whatever you need to do. Um, for me this semester, it's been like uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I haven't had time to get up in the morning, so like 12 o'clock is the time that I've set aside to, to, to read God's word and to pray. Um, 
because it doesn't work in the morning and doesn't work in the afternoon. Um, hope that, yeah, that's helpful. One thing that you touched on that I think is helpful to think through is it doesn't always have to be like a consistent, and even from season to season, it doesn't have to be a consistent mm-hmm. length. Mm-hmm. It's at this time, for this amount of time, um, one thing that a couple of the girls in my hall and I have been talking about this semester is, especially in those busier seasons where you may have a class first thing in the morning and in order to get X, Y, and Z done before you go to class, you practically do not have the time to have a devoted quiet time in the morning. And so one thing a lot of the girls have been talking about and brainstorming of different creative ways to like focus your mind on the ways of the Lord in the morning. That way your day is focused on that, even if you're getting to your actual quiet time, devotional time later in the day. One really practical thing that I think a lot of the girls I've talked to have started doing is as they're getting ready in the morning, putting on worship music or hymns. And that is like focusing their mind actively on the things of the Lord, even if it's not a devoted quiet time first thing in the morning. And I think that's helpful that you're still setting your mind on the things of the Lord first thing in the day. And I also notice like even putting on like an audio version of the Bible Mm -hmm. or listening to the Psalms being read by Kristen Getty. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's this thing. What's his name? (laughs) Oh, I don't even know the guy's name. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no. We need a Morgan Freeman version of yes. the audio Bible. <laughs> Someday. Just some great voice. And then it always seems to bring out different things about the character of God than when I'm reading. Yeah. yeah. What are ways, James, that you have sought to pattern the habits of your life around those personal spiritual disciplines? So... Jake and I were talking earlier about how there are frequently times that we've seen you throughout the day pulling out your Bible, having even if it's just a couple minutes to read through something or a couple minutes to stop and pray throughout the day, just those regular habits of devoting your heart and your mind. Well, to be honest, I, I, I think that a lot of like what you see and what I observe in my own life is that like I just I realize that I'm so desperate for like I need God's help so bad um like if I'm walking any amount if I'm walking anywhere I'm probably praying because like the Lord has this way of putting situations and things in your life where like you just realize you can't do it on your own um and so um I mean if you're not going through a hard time um uh, I think it says in James chapter 5, are there five, there's five chapters in James, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think it's the last chapter, and it says, are, if, are any of you, um, basically, are any of you doing well? Sing praise. Mm-hmm. Are any of you suffering? Uh, pray. And, um, you know, in the last four years of my life, there's just been a lot happening, um, pretty much consistently, to the point where, like, I, I'm just desperate for God's help. Um, and so, I, I mean, I, I think, I think that building your life around spiritual disciplines just comes from like the Lord putting things in your life to the point where, like, you realize you just just can't do it on your own. Yeah. Um, that conversation that you have to have with that person, um, you can't do it on your own. You're gonna say something stupid. I mean, you know me well enough to see me say some dumb things. Um, and or that situation that you're going through that's hard or like the sin that you're struggling with um i would say that a lot of that just comes from just realizing that like you're just helpless (laughs) so kind of like a broad overarching theme within 
the spiritual disciplines is kind of you can get into a checklist mentality of doing it just to check it off or we kind of hit on this a little bit but if we could dive in a little deeper just of doing it out of a heart of wanting to and desiring to and maybe when you're a believer is struggling to desire to do it and if you could speak to that a little bit and how have you seen that worked out in your life and in the lives of people around you that's a good question um, Romans 6 has talks about how um, we've died with Christ and we've been raised with Christ and um, and then it says it says in there that the this happens so that the body or the the old self would be crucified so the old self is crucified but then it says that the old self is crucified so that the body of flesh might might be put to death and so he makes this distinction between the, the old self who we were once and the body of that we live in right now um, so our old self is gone sins paid for but we live in a body that's sinful and so the reality is is that anyone who's who's pursuing the Lord um, in any way isn't always going to feel it because they live in a body that's sinful that's why Paul says that our hope our goal we're pursuing the prize of the resurrection of the dead right in Philippians 3 where where Christ will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body that's what we're pursuing and, and, and aiming for so when you're thinking about spiritual disciplines and participating in them, um, I would say probably 80% of the time you're not really going to feel like doing it. Mm. Um, I know for me, most of the time I get up and I don't really feel like spending time in God's Word. Um, I think the difference between someone who is a Christian and someone who's not is that the Christian actually does it. They say, I don't care how I'm feeling, I'm just going to do it. Um, so I would say anyone who's feeling discouraged about lack of desire or feeling like they're checking off a box. Um, sure, that makes sense that you're discouraged, but like, also don't be discouraged because everyone else is feeling that. What I do most of the time when I sit down and read God's Word is, is to say, Lord, open my eyes. I got this from John Piper. Like, Lord, open my eyes to what you want me to see right now in your Word. Um, and, and then... What you have to do is, especially when you're not feeling it, is just to sit down and, and tell the Lord what you're feeling. Tell the Lord how you're feeling apathetic or you feel like you don't really want to do this, but you're doing it to check off the box. And then and then just do it and, and seek the Lord and find Him in, in His Word. And what you probably find most of the time is that as you are intentionally seeking the Lord with all of your heart, you will find Him and He will reveal Himself to you and and and... Um, show you things in His Word that will probably encourage you um, or convict you in the circumstance that you're in. Um, I, I, th I think the answer to that is just to, to do it, to be honest with the Lord, and then trust that as 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 you go, your emotions will follow, right? Um, because it's kind of like I think someone used the analogy of a train, right? Your will is the engine, and your engine is pulling, your will is pulling, and, and your emotions are the caboose, and they're following your will. So as you choose to love someone, or as you choose to pursue something, as you choose to, to be in God's word, eventually, even if the train is really long, your emotions are gonna follow. Um, and, and I think that's really important to recognize that you don't let your emotions be, be the engine, because if they are, like, well, I, 
just don't feel like spending time in God's Word. I don't want to be doing this because I'm checking off a box. Like, no, you do it because it's the right thing to do. You know, um, I do that when I'm worshiping sometimes. Sometimes when I'm in a worship service, I'll raise my hands when I don't feel like it because I know God is worthy of it. So I'm going to do it anyway and, and trust that as I as I obey and, and, and express worship to the Lord or or read my Bible as I obey, that my emotions are going to, mm-hmm. to follow eventually. And sometimes it takes a couple of days, sometimes it takes weeks, and you have to just be persistent that the Lord's going to meet you in it. That's really helpful to think through your emotions following your will, what you ought to be doing. And even just to think through the person who is genuinely regenerate, their their desires are formed and shaped after the way of the spirit and no longer after the way of the flesh. That's right. And so if you're following rightly with your your will, your desires, um, in accordance with what the spirit is calling you to, then those emotions will follow. Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about spending time in God's word, um, but kind of segueing slightly into thinking through what it looks like to meditate on God's word and specifically to memorize God's word. Um, I know we've talked a lot about the way that your mom has set a great example and a great foundation for you in memorizing God's word. But even just in this conversation, there have been several different times that you've thought of different verses that have applied to what you've been talking about and you've quoted them. So to even <laughs> to the people... Them. Is yes. that plagiarizing? <laughs> <laughs> plagiarizing David and Solomon. <laughs> but even just in this short little episode to the people that are listening, they've seen the fruit of you hiding God's word. And in your he heart. has not been using a Bible for those. They right. just come naturally. Yes. Um, it makes me think of in, in Deuteronomy 6 when it's talking about the law of the Lord. And then um, it says, like, as you walk in the way, as you sit in your house, mm-hmm. like binding the law of the Lord to your mind and to your heart mm-hmm. and what that looks like to think of it mm-hmm. in your house and the way, all the different things. Um, what are practical things that have helped you in meditating on God's Word and specifically on memorizing it? Yeah, first, um, most of the scripture that I have memorized, um, I have not memorized out of my own discipline. <laughs> it's been my, my mother, like you mentioned earlier. My mom is, has, throughout high school, um, more or less forced us to memorize a ton of scripture. And I was, I've actually been thinking recently, like, wow, Lord, like, most of what I know isn't because of any effort that I put in, just because of my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, and I've benefited. My mom has 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 helped me grow in my my walk with the Lord, um, because of of her, of her pushing me, and not necess- not at all because of like what I've done. Um, so, I've been really thankful for that. Um, you mentioned how your mom was a major force and encouragement to memorize scripture in your high school years. How practically did she encourage and teach you to memorize those scriptures? Were there methods or strategies that helped you or just reading it over and over again? How did that look in your household growing up? Yeah, so we were homeschooled, all my siblings. Um, shout out to all, all my homeschoolers out there. Both of Jake and Cora like, yeah. Um, we were homeschooled, so uh, memorizing um, scripture was was part of our homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was part of our curriculum, and so we had to um, basically we had to just complete it, right? So what she would make us do is we would start with a verse, right? So if it was Philippians, it'd be Philippians chapter one, and we would we would read it ten times, and we as we would go, we would visually. She told us to visually 
um, picture each word in our mind as we read it, and we would read it ten times, and then we would try to say it ten times without looking. And the next day, we would say the same verse again ten times, trying to say it the best we could without looking, and then we would say, move on to verse two. We would say it ten times, looking at it, visualizing each word that we looked at, and then try to say it ten times without looking. And then we would say the whole thing from start to finish. So once we got to, like, the way that it would kind of look like would be at the end of the book, once we got to, like, Philippians 4, 22 or whatever, we would look at each verse, or we'll look at the verse, memorize it, look, visualize each word, um, and then try to say it ten times without looking, and then say the previous verse ten times without looking, and then we would start all the way back in chapter one and say the whole thing through. Um, and it would get longer, and every day would get longer and longer, obviously. And then once a week, we would say, we would read the entire book, and then and then um, and then quote the entire thing. Um, so that's I hope that made did that make sense? Mm-hmm. What I just explained. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's what we would do. Um, so she made that made us do that for James and Philippians. Don't really remember James very well, I, but uh, I have most of Philippians still memorized. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my senior year, she started making us do Philippians, and I had lost it at that point. I literally, I was like, I memorized chapter one, but like literally couldn't quote it. And I remember going there and be like, Mom, I can't memorize it. She's like, Okay. Um, so that's what she made us do. Uh, as far as what it looked like looks like in my life now, like when I'm trying to memorize a passage, I did this a while, a long time ago with Psalm 16. I would just spend like two or three minutes during my my quiet time specifically devoted to memorizing that passage. And so every day for two or three minutes, I would just work on it and then I would be done. Um, If I had extra time, I'd do a little extra. Um, And I found that really helpful because it's like two or three minutes, I can do that, no big deal. Um, It doesn't take up a lot of time. And as you were talking, I was thinking, and Corey, you might be able to relate to this that not only is scripture beneficial to us and to our own hearts, but it has also given us the ability to counsel and encourage others. And specifically in biblical counseling, so much of it is having the verses to apply to different situations. And especially like I know Dr. Solomon talks about it a lot, just tying in scriptures and having that memorized so that when someone's coming in dealing with an issue, you can have that scripture right there too support and encourage and as you were talking I was just thinking yeah that's just a cool yeah. outworking of loving others and also benefiting yourself twofold. As James was talking about having memories through Philippians mm-hmm. um, James and I used to work together and there was one day in particular <laughs> that I was having a really bad day at work and James was in the back doing the dishes at work and I went back there and was talking to him about it I think I don't even remember I think I I think I was like off the clock at this point. I actually went back there and like bothered you and was talking to you about whatever situation it was, probably. Uh-huh. And you just stood there and as you were washing the dishes at work, walked through the entire outline of the book of Philippians. And you're like, and Paul argues this, and then he says this, and then he encourages the church by saying this. And it was one of the most helpful, encouraging things just for someone to walk through the entire argument that Paul develops and just present that and be like, like this is, it's edifying, this is encouraging. Um, and like Jake was saying, it's you can apply that to a variety of different situations. Um, another thing that, with memorizing scripture that you didn't touch on, but we've talked about this previously, of um, when verses or passages of scripture are set to music, there's 
a unique way that music um, sticks in your brain unlike other mediums do. Um, and so there are a variety of different passages that are set to little tunes, little jingles that I memorized as a young child that I still will recall memory and be like, oh, yeah, and just start thinking through a passage of scripture. I know one that you really like is The Corner Room, mm-hmm. um, the way that they set passages of scripture to music. No, I mean, Psalm 46 by The Corner Room, Corner Room has been so helpful, um, where I have most of it memorized mm-hmm. because of his ministry and putting that uh, and it's been so helpful in certain moments, but God is our refuge and strength, mm-hmm. a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives away and the mountains be thrown. Yeah. It's, it's been so helpful to have songs that I can just go to and, mm-hmm. and, and find comfort or encouragement in, in different situations. Yeah, that's so true to have scripture, even presented in another way. Yeah, James, we're really thankful that you're here today to talk about personal spiritual disciplines. And I know it's been encouraging to me and to Cora, and hopefully it's encouraging to our listeners. Just keep pursuing Christ. Right before we wrap up here, we just want to open the conversation to you to just ask what advice or encouragement would you give to all of us at college, freshmen, people who are in the middle of a semester, or even seniors, like... What's an encouragement you would give them at this point? We're about halfway through the semester. And just from your experience at college and... I think one of the things I would say was, would be to, to try to be more aware of what, where God is in a situation. Um, I, there are times I'll be talking to my pastor about what's going on and he'll look at me and be like, where is God in that? Where is God in that? I think to add to that, would also be to recognize that your thoughts and your beliefs and your desires are going to determine your emotions and what you feel. And so, and, and, and whatever you're feeling, there's a reason why you're feeling that specific thing. It's because of the things that you're thinking, it's because of the things that you believe, it's because of the things that you desire. And so whenever you're feeling down or you're, whatever you're feeling, you have need to ask yourself, is what I'm thinking, believing, and desiring right in, in accord with what God's Word says? Because if it is, your, your emotions are going to be right. But if they're not, your emotions are going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's especially important to make sure that what you're thinking about a situation, what you're, what you're believing about God, or what you're believing about yourself, because what you believe about yourself shows what you believe about God in many situations and what what you're desiring is 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 all um, constrained and, and held in, in check by God's word and and by what God has done for you and promised you in the gospel and saving you from your sin and promising you an inheritance in heaven. I think that's that's what I would do. Like let, let your thoughts, your beliefs and your desires be centered on God's word and the gift of Christ and giving us salvation and saving us from what we deserve. Because what we deserve is far different than what we're getting. Um, And if we can center our thoughts, beliefs, and desires around that, um, I think we'll have a lot more joy, a lot more motivation, and and find a lot more strength. That's helpful. Well, thank you for your time, James. It's definitely been an encouragement just to be able to talk about these different things. 
thinking through ways that we can practically apply spiritual disciplines to our own lives. Thanks. We really appreciate you joining us. Thanks for joining us for that conversation. We are super thankful um, to have had the opportunity to chat with James about personal spiritual disciplines. And we're really hopeful that that was an encouragement to you all. And if you don't know James, obviously by Jake and I having him on the podcast, we are commending him to you as a wonderful friend that you should each get to know. Um, if you haven't picked up on a theme by now, the people that we've invited to have on this show are people that we both think very highly of. Um, and we really think that you should get to know James. So do that and also be faithful in your personal spiritual disciplines as James encouraged you to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think just a great verse that sums up what we talked about. Um, it's just Psalm 1, which talks about being a tree planted by streams of water and that those who are like that will yield their fruit in season. Mm -hmm. And take that encouragement and we as humans need that spiritual refreshing through yeah. being in the word and in prayer with our creator yeah be trees that flourish not trees that shrivel up and die yes but that's all for this episode have a great fall reading days and we're going to take the week off and we'll see you guys when we get back in school have a great break guys okay.